You're listening to a podcast from Burley Heads Church of Christ, from Burley Heads on the Gold Coast. Matt, if you don't know, we've talked about it a little bit, but if you don't know, Matt um, and Haley volunteer a ton of time as what we call interns here at the church, uh, where they um, basically can spend up to two years. The first year, just volunteering, giving, giving their time, seeing what God could be doing in their life. Um, and then that second year, maybe even looking at if ministry is something for them. Uh, they don't have to go down that career. Um, I know for my wife, Mez, who you guys know, she did a year internship and it changed her life when she was growing up. She completely changed what she was going to do um, and um, was certainly helpful when she ended up marrying, well, at the time she'd marry a pastor. Um, she didn't think that was going to happen, um, but turns out she married a pastor. So, um, And so, yeah, internship, be praying for them, be praying for growth. And uh, that'd be for, thank you again, Matt. So exciting. Uh, it's been one of those mornings this morning, just extra chaotic um, in all the good ways, but we're just barbecue stuff, sermon stuff, prepared it pretty late. I had a massive change as I wrestled through this morning. And so I'm going to pray. Just going to pray. We're going to we're on part two of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to pray this morning. My heart this morning, my heart for this church is that we'd be eagerly curious, as we talked about last week, about the Holy Spirit. That we'd have grace with each other and we'd maybe a little bit even more open to what the Holy Spirit could do in our lives as it's the life source. And it is Pentecostal Sunday, so it's a perfect time to talk about it this morning. When I pray that that comes across and that um, kind of like the kids, that our hearts would just, um, whether we've been hurt by other churches or we've been hurt by the Holy Spirit stuff before, like it was a contest or something about who has what gifts, but rather come like innocent kids today with the minds of adults, discerning 100%, but eager to learn about what God could do in our lives. And so I've invited, I'm going to invite someone up on stage in a moment too to help me talk about this. But let me pray. Father God, I just pray that if anyone is feeling a bit like me this morning, We've just been a chaotic morning. Maybe it is just simply getting out of the cold, coming to church. I just pray that your peace would rest on us. That we're with you, we're secure, you are our refuge. In a sense, calm our minds, calm our hearts, and just focus on you for this short moment this morning. We thank you for all the awesome stuff you're doing in this little community at the back of Burley. Thank you for so many people that don't just attend this church, but actually are this church together. In Jesus' name, amen. Part two, we're in a wider series in 1 Corinthians, which we'll finish next week. Um, but we're in being a micro-series within that larger series around the Holy Spirit. Um, and... I mean, you always pray as a pastor that God's going to do something in a teaching series. It's not the only way God talks to us is through teaching, but it's, it's helpful. Um, and this series, my goodness, God's shown up um, through this series, through un, um, looking at what we sweep under the rug. People have really made some time to confess and repent and turn and, and make some better choices and, and some stuff they've been sweeping under, they're ignoring. Um, God's really shown up and I've been just so encouraged by that. Um, the stories I've been hearing, the people. Got a text yesterday from just a young person I know, not here this morning, but just said a couple of weeks back, God really showed up in my life and it's been different since that week. Um, how cool is that? 
So nothing to do with my preaching. Not about it's it's the bio, it's the Holy Spirit, and it's this church and it's God's word all combined. It's awesome. So. All right, let me just get into it. 1 Corinthians 12. We've got it up here. I do realize I sometimes cram too much into one slide. So if you've got your Bible there or your phone, you can pick it up there. It'll be 1 Corinthians 12. Let's have a read and then we'll um, talk a little bit more. Now about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. This is Paul writing to this church. If you haven't been with us, a church in Corinth, they've got some crazy stuff going on. And he's addressing some of this stuff. And now he's addressing the Holy Spirit and how it should, I guess, manifest or what it looks like. Know that when you were pagan, somehow or other, you were influenced and led astray to mute idols. Therefore, I want you to know that no one who is preaching by the Spirit of God says, Jesus be cursed. And no one says Jesus is Lord except the Holy Spirit. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. I love that. Paul always trying to broaden it, go, don't confine it to one thing. If it's proclaiming Jesus, it's very likely from Jesus. If it's for the king and the kingdom... It's very much God's work. It's very much the work of God within them, building within us and through us. Now to each one of the manifestations of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom, to another a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit, to another faith of the same Spirit, to another gift of healing by that one Spirit, to another miraculous powers, to another prophecy, to another distinguishing between spirits, discernment there, to another speaking in different kinds of tongues and to still another interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same Spirit that he distributes them to each one just as he determines. It goes on to verse 12 there, just as the body through one has many parts but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we are all baptised by one Spirit to form one body, whether Jew, Gentile, slave, free. We were all given the one Spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. 15 says, Now if the foot should say, Because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. The hand's going to still be a hand, isn't it? But if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong in that body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, these parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that think they are less honourable, we treat with special honour. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty. While our presentable parts need no special treatment, but God has put the body together, giving great honour to the parts that lacked it, so there should be no division in the body. 
but its parts should have equal concern for one another. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honoured, every part rejoices with it. Now you are the body of Christ and each one of you is a part of it. And God has placed in the church, first of all, the apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles and gifts of healing, of helping and guidance and of different kinds of tongues. Are all apostles, are all prophets, all teachers, all work miracles? Do all have the gift of healing? Do all speak in tongues? Do all interpret? Now eagerly, again, eagerly desire these greater gifts. Paul talking about the body, talking about the different gifts that manifest, that come alive with the Holy Spirit. Like I said, I wrestled over this this morning. Not, not necessarily a bad wrestle, just how to bring about this conversation, how to talk about this, how to create a sense of curiosity within us for the Spirit, knowing that people can be damaged by this as well as it becomes sort of a, a, the Olympics of who's got what gifts sometimes or exclusivity. Oh, you've got that gift. Oh, okay. okay. I used to be a lot like that when I was younger with administration. You do a gift, spiritual gift test and you get administration, you kind of, oh, really? Now, I'm so thankful for the living embodiment of administration and... Um, and the gifting, and I realise I lack that severely, and lots of people, so I surround myself with people that are gifted in that, who make me look like I'm functional. And so it's a very good gift, it's nothing. So I brought this friend on stage, you might be wondering, it's not just because the worship team needed a drink. Um, I've brought what I've called, uh, his, his name, you can say hello, this is Mr Box Shelf. So hello Mr Box Shelf. He's going to help me today, hopefully, um, try to explain a little bit of this passage. This is Mr. Boxshelf, if you can't see. Do you know why he's called Mr. Boxshelf? Because he's a box. And in here, look at this. Oh, no. Don't know how to open a fridge. He's a shelf as well. The shelves in there. Very accurate name. Yeah, these parents have called him Mr. Boxshelf. Super helpful around here. I love... We're going to just talk a little bit about him, but I love the way he's kind of built for that purpose. He's a box shelf. And I love the way Paul is speaking here in Corinthians. Uh, in the same way, the, the church, this is a church that if you've been with us in this series, they debated over who baptised them. They are just so dysfunctional. They love division. They love categories. They love putting people in boxes. Uh, they don't want to, they, they know there's personal sins, but they don't deal with them. Instead, they debate over different things like who has the best gift. And so Paul is obviously responding to them. And saying, whatever you do in the name of the king and for his kingdom is a gift, it's a blessing. Responds to that division. For Mr. Boxshelf in this church, he's still figuring it out. He knows there's some things that inherently he does well, hold stuff, and is a pretty decent box. He, and he really helpful. You saw the stuff in there opened up before. So he knows that's kind of just who he is, who he's created to be, how he's built. And so we bring that, we bring that service. We bring that natural gifting. It's a great place to start when we're exploring giftings. What's your natural ability? How are you wired? How's it look? What's your passions? What's your interests? Today as we explore this gifting and being part of the body, what is your natural ability? What makes you curious? What are your interests? And how do they play out in the kingdom? Good place to start when we ask basically this question this morning. What are your gifts? What are your gifts? If you're built like Mr. Boxshelf, 
You're good at holding stuff and you're a sturdy box. What are yours? What does it look like for you? What are you passionate about? Again, this is not a contest, but you've got to start somewhere. I love, if you, if you know Paul's writings, in every letter he talks about spiritual gifts, he switches the list up. I believe he never wanted, and this is my opinion, I believe he does that because he never, he, I get, he hoped, I reckon, that we'd never start putting lists down and putting people in categories. The human mind's need for strict categories. Um, it can be dangerous. Not always bad, but it can start to create that us and them mentality. It's kind of, do you know what it reminds me of? Those, they used to be in magazines, but now they're on the internet everywhere. Those quizzes, which Disney princess are you? Or which friends character are you? Oh, you're such a Chandler. They remind me of that because the moment we box people in, oh, you're such a Joey. That's such a Rachel thing to say, if you know the show Friends. Oh, that's such a person with discernment gifting to say. And we start boxing each other. I think Paul is steering away from that. It's healthy. I've got some spiritual gift tests here today. I honestly want you to use that. It's great. But just be careful around that. Paul deliberately switches it around in every book. And I think, I believe, again, opinion here, I believe he's trying to say just... Calm down on labelling everyone. It's good to have knowledge. It's good to understand. It's good to discern. It's good to have an idea of what that is. But if it's declaring the king and working in his kingdom, then it's a good thing. Amen? It's working towards that. And for Mr. Boxshelf, who's new here, he's using those shelves and using that box shape to the best of his ability. It's funny. Look, I'm going to tell you a little bit of my story because that's, really the only one I can confirm in terms of spiritual gifts who I have experienced for me. But it's funny how I'm wired. I was not that um, academic in school. Um, sometimes I was, but the teachers, and get this, is crazy, but apparently I was a little distracted. Um, I, know you, I know how far I've come, but apparently I was a little distracted and just couldn't concentrate on particular things. So my grades were a little bit up and down. Um, but I tell you what, as I look through my report cards, there's nearly... That A comes up, hardly ever, but it comes up when it has something next to it. And it's surprising. It says English, which is not that written English language. You can see from my slides sometimes that's not an A+. Plus. It, was the, it was the oral exam. It turns out I was okay speaking in front of people. I was okay. It was, I enjoyed being funny in front of people. It turns out I love people, extrovert on extrovert. So there was an assignment which involves people I did a ride of that. It was a bit of a natural ability there. I loved people. Loved people. And um, massive extrovert. I love bringing people together. I always naturally being, I hated missing out. I, I actually naturally, when I was in youth group, invited people to youth group, not because I saw it as some holy <laughs> mission I was on, um, but I had all my friends at youth group because, well, if I had to go, I wanted them to be there too, and so you should come. And that was my invitation. Uh, it was no deeper than that. I'm sorry. I wasn't worried about the gospel being spread then. I was just wanting my friends around. So that was me. Like Mr. Boxshelf, we all have things in us that drive us that we're just a natural, naturally sit in. And I wonder what yours is. I wonder what you naturally just lean towards. What are you interested in? It's okay if you don't know. It's okay if you don't know, but what, 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 where do you... What, what, yeah, what keeps you up at night what are the questions you love asking 
good place to start when we look at what are your gifts, what's your place in the body. But it actually wasn't until the next step that God started doing something in me, and I think this is really important. So as we think about those gifts, I want you to ask this question as well. Take this down, take a picture of it, write some notes. What's your place in the body then? What are your gifts? What's your place in the body? Really important step. I've said this before, but one of the biggest life-changing moments for me as a just a natural extrovert is when I got married, a pastor came and said, his name was Jeff Snook, and he came up to me and Merrin and said, will you run host a home group? What a simple question. We weren't even, Mez had done internships, she was way more connected. I wasn't sort of always just a little bit connected at, the, at that time. And they said, you have, Jeff said, you have a small rental in Labrador where you host people, young adults, us ourselves being young adults. And I remember thinking, I don't want to run a Bible study. How do you even do that? How would I? I don't even really know. I've been around church forever, but I couldn't tell you the order of books. How do you even prepare one of those? Uh, yeah, we have a house. We got that. And I do love people. I love having people around and eating snacks with them doesn't sound that bad. And so we said yes. Maybe one of my top 10 yeses because it changed us. Newly married, all of a sudden we had people around once a week and we were in the word and we're talking about God together and some things came alive for me. In community, some things grew for me. It wasn't just about being extroverted. It wasn't just about hanging out with friends. There was a purpose to it. It was service, serving the body. It wasn't until I started participating with the body that I felt like these natural passions and interests and curiosity was grown. I could meet other Christians. I could disagree with other Christians. We could wrestle some concepts out. All of us are work in progress, but it wasn't for the it needs this wrestle. It's hard to grow without this wrestle. It's hard working with people, but we grow through it. This is the purpose of the body. You grow. It's hard to learn service. It's hard to learn surrender. It's hard to learn it's not about you when it's all about you. (laughs) It's hard. Learning it's bigger than you. Life is about more than just you. This is what the body brings when we ask ourselves, what's my place in Christ's body? It breaks my, it honestly breaks my heart. So many people come into a church and they look around and they see a heap of arms and they feel isolated. They're like, I'm not like that. You might be thinking that now as I talk through my natural leaning. Oh, I couldn't speak in front of people. I couldn't host a small group. That's okay. But a lot of people come in, they go, that's not me. And so they make one of two choices. They go, I'll just attend and I'll sit at the, well, yeah, not against you at the back, sorry. <laughs> Everybody look at, no, no, not at all, no. But they, they withdraw and then they just go, I'll just attend this church. I won't participate because this is a church for arms. And they don't realise that they're the best leg ever. How sad. It happens all the time. Or they go, this isn't my church. I'll go to a church down the road where all the legs go to. How heartbreaking is that? 
The Australian church, again, this is opinion. I think Australian church, Western church is broken severely because of this. We've boxed everyone in so much that we create churches for the arms. We create churches for the legs. We create churches for the eyes. And all of them do incredible things. But imagine if they were together. There's a church in Burley that when me and Mez meet new parents each year in the class, um, somewhere it always comes out that we're pastors. Um, we like that because it's a chance to invite them along. Or if they're curious, it's, a, it's, an in, it's an in, right? There's a church on a Gold Coast that gets there, even if they move like two weeks before, if they're curious about that, they already know about that church. They're so gifted at, I don't know that's marketing, I don't know what that is. But they're so gifted at it. That's amazing. Other churches are so gifted at teaching, are so gifted at community, are so gifted at discernment, are so gifted at the fun, the concert. That's fine. Imagine if we were all together. It would be chaos. But wouldn't we all grow? We'd sharpen each other. We'd surrender. Go, hey, do you know what? Maybe we need a little less lighting. Maybe we need a little bit more Bible. Maybe we need a little less prayer or more prayer or this. We just sharpen each other and be a body, right? One of the things I learned in small groups, this is what's so fascinating. When I, me and Mez started a small group, one of the things I learned is actually, how's this? I felt a really strong sense as I was running small group that God said, shut up. How's this a natural ability to talk? A natural ability to, to want to talk? to feel like I have the best story, <laughs> I have the best thing to say. And now I started studying by that stage, I knew about the Bible. And the best thing I could ever do in, amongst it is be quiet. I still struggle with that. There's a time and a place. But it turns out when I'm quiet, other people would speak. <laughs> Isn't that funny that? And it turns out that God was moving in those groups. And so my number one lesson as I w- learnt to work with a body is it wasn't all about me. And actually the gifting sometimes is just to stand back in that setting and be quiet and let other people speak. We get sharpened, we wrestle. It'd be absolute chaos if there was just one Gold Coast church. We would disagree on so many things, but how amazing would it be as the rest of the world see a church that's together, the body. So I say that because if you feel like you're here and you're like, I don't know, what's my gift? I don't feel like I'm this person, I'm this person. Great, that's you. I laugh, there'll be people here today as I talk about the gifts that say, Steve, your approach, I wish there was more order to it. I wish you did have some order to the approach, some categories to the spiritual gifts, Steve. Fantastic, you're likely an engineer or a computer programmer or administrative. We need you, I need you. Bring that gift. There's others that will hear this spiritual gift sermon and will go, I wish you could go more extreme. Bring out the flags. Bring them out. I wish we could go... We need you. You're part of the body. How you're wired, your gifts, that's great. Bring it. Let's wrestle that out. You don't dare just attend this church, be this church. And I don't say that in a sense of, do you know what sometimes that sermon means when people come up and go, oh, I don't want to be the church. And we say, all right, start stacking chairs. I'm not, that's good. And we appreciate that. And I appreciate everyone running around this morning getting a barbecue for us ready. So I appreciate that act of service, nothing wrong with that, but it's not just about serving this building or Sunday morning. Being the body of Christ is far, it's that and far more. 
I'm talking about the church wants to equip and you to know that you are the church, whether you're a doctor, whether you're a nurse, whether you're a business owner, whether you're a social worker, a teacher, a builder, a mum, a dad, a grandparent, or you're retired. We want you to be the church at work, at home. We want you to represent Burley Heads Church of Christ, or more importantly, Jesus and his church everywhere. So if you don't get in here to stack chairs, that's okay, but know and be a part of the conversation that you are the church where you are. And let us help equip you to share Jesus. Be Jesus there. Because what you're doing is you're part of the body, amen? I'm not saying don't not serve. It's also not an excuse if you see a chair that needs to be stacked. Go, oh my, I don't have the gift of stacking chairs. We do need help. We do need service. But it, the more we all do that, the more we can get on with the mission, right? So this is not a big sermon this morning about, okay, joining the roster for Sunday. Although we'd love you to. It's more, far deeper than that. And it's an understanding of whose body is it, I think. It's not Steve Gray's. It's not the loudest person in the room. It's understanding that this is Christ's body. It's really important. It's his mission. It's his body. And so I'm not asking you, if you do serve, it's not serve me. Serve each other, but serve God. Whose body is it? Mr. Shelfbox, haven't forgotten about him. It's, um, it's the same for him. It's been hard finding where he can work here. He's big. We're a, we're a growing church every day. It's nuts here. Lot of, not a lot of room. Every room is a multi-purpose room now. Um, <laughs> a multi-multi-purpose room. It's hard. We're working on that. Believe me, there's conversations. We know. We know how crazy the car park is. Just want you to know, you, we know it's not... We're trying to figure that all out. We're trying to pray about it. We're trying to work that out. It's a good problem to have. But we also don't want someone pulling into the car park going, they don't have a place for me. So we're, we're trying to work, on, work that out, of course. Uh, but it was hard to fit him in. Where do we put him? Mr. Boxshelf. We found a place, but it was a bit of a wrestle. Do you know what? He couldn't be in the stage all the time. That'd be in the way. The musicians noticed as soon as they got him, what's that doing here? Why is there a fridge on stage? Found a nice little room out there, which is the library, which he sits in and he holds stuff and he does what he does. But it was a bit of a wrestle there. For you, it'd be the same. You might have to surrender your ideas. You might have to surrender some things in the name of being part of the body. It may not be all about you. But do you know what's funny? When you give up your life, you find it. The more I'm quiet, (laughs) the more I find God has some stuff to say. If I hadn't learnt that lesson, there's no way I could ever be a chaplain in the uni where I have to be quiet and listen. I'm not actually allowed to give too much advice. I might be thinking it, but I'm listening. God actually found some unique giftings and stuff once I started being quiet. Of course, there's a time to speak. I'm doing it right now. (laughs) But there's a time to be quiet. So for you, what do you got to surrender to give up in the body? What have you been holding on to? What do you think you're so awesome at that no, you, couldn't do, you don't want to work with others? What are you got to give up? What's it look like to join and, and not just attend Burley Heads Church of Christ? What's it look like for you to be Burley Heads Church of Christ? Honest question. What are your giftings and what's it look like to be this church together? What's it look like to wrestle that out? Not just leave and find an arms church. Not just leave and find an ears church, but be the full body. 
bring some stuff that is only you. And you're here and God's got you here for a reason. We want you here. We want those giftings. Here's the thing though. This talk up until now, although I hope accurate, could be given at a sports club, could be given at a business meeting, the concept of finding your gifts and being part of a team, this could be a motivational talk anywhere out there. That's okay, but there's something that we have. Two things, probably multiple things, but two things I want to talk about that we have that separates us from a local charity down the road, that separates us from those things. Here's the thing, here's the kicker today. And my third point. More than natural ability, here's the thing. There was a moment 2,000 years ago, 50 days after Easter, 50 days and the first thing we have a resurrected God. We have a God that didn't just say, I'm going to die and raise again and then disappear. He did it. And Malcolm's going to talk about that next week. It's the final part of Corinthians. Resurrection. The second thing that happened, he promised his spirit. He said, I'm going away to prepare a place, but I'm going to bring something that are actually better for you because there's more of you and it can interact with all of you. The counsellor, my Holy Spirit. So 50 days after Easter, the day of Pentecost, which we celebrate today, something happened. It did something so profound in human history. Whether you believe it or not, or whether your friends believe it or not, they can't take what it's actually done in human history away. It's defining, exploded. Such was the explosion of the early church, the beginning of the church, that the word dynama, which comes from the Holy Spirit, they named an explosive after it. Because it was the same as the church exploding. Something happened. You can't take that away. Something happened that shaped everything 2,000 years ago. The Holy Spirit came. It confirmed the work of Jesus in our individual lives. You see, there's something crazy that happened with Mr. Box Shelf. It turns out, we found this thing around the back, in theory. (laughs) He has this plug. And when you plug him in, he actually does this incredible thing. Something happens in him. Right through him, flows right through him. And what we thought was a handy box shelf actually is a fridge actually the one of the most handy things we have at this church because we deal with a lot of food mr fridge he's plugged into the source and although that's not supernatural it's pretty amazing that ability to cool things down in the heat so handy so specific to him he came alive when he was plugged into the source Mr. Shelf, box shelf, once plugged in, something happened to him and through him. It turns out he's a Mr. Fridge. Yes, he still holds things, but he also keeps them cool. 
changing him from the inside. It's the same with Pentecost. There's this guy in the Bible, you probably know him if you don't (laughs) know of him, Simon. He's got this natural ability, probably a bit like myself, in the sense of he's loud, puts his foot in it, he's constantly trying to correct Jesus, he's extroverted, he's trying to bring his agenda at every single point. It's like, please be quiet, Simon. He's first out of the boat to try to walk on water, but then quickly sinks. It's just Simon, Simon, come down, Simon. We don't know if it's him. No, I don't think it's him that brought the knife, but he's just constantly, and then even on, as Jesus is dying, he denies him. He's just loud and he's just obnoxious and three years with God walking amongst us and he still doesn't get it. And the resurrection helps. He's like, oh, okay. I'm, I, it, it confirmed for him that he was on the right path. And Jesus knows him. Jesus knows what's within. He constantly calls him Peter, which means the, the rock, the start of the church. But something happens on Pentecost as the Holy Spirit comes. People start acting crazy. People start acting unexplainable. Some people say, are they drunk? Because they're hit with this thing. And Peter gets up and gives, essentially, the first sermon to the first church. And it's a, we don't have time to read right through it, but I encourage you to reread Silly Simons coming alive through the Holy Spirit. Amen? The Holy Spirit does something through him, but in him it changes the electronics in him. It changes him. Yes, he has some natural gifting, 100%, but it focuses it towards the king and the kingdom. And some, it's not all natural, it's supernatural. It's incredible. It's the only thing that could explode the church to what it is now. For me, I've been talking a lot about my journey. My ongoing journey with the Spirit is one, is a sense that God keeps changing and showing me paths. It's a lot of him building stuff in me as well as building out. It's a process. It's a journey, learning my relationship, learning to listen. But there are certainly more and more supernatural moments in my life. More and more times that people just, I shouldn't be surprised, but I'm shocked at what God is doing through this community. It's the type of spirit that made me and and a group of people crazy enough to essentially quit my job at Southport and come down here and try to lead a church. A guy that didn't want to write a Bible study ever and certainly a guy long before that that whose wife who was doing an internship did never could imagine her husband being involved in ministry. Now suddenly I've got this thought about helping equip a church Absolute insanity, the type of insanity that happens when you plug in. That's my journey. What's it for you? Plug into the power source, which suddenly focuses it for God's king, or God the king and his kingdom. So what are we going to do right now? I'm going to just spend a moment, and I'm going to get us to stand in just a moment, and... I'm going to get us to, I think Matt's going to play some music for us. And we're just going to take that in. Those questions. What, what are your gifts? What's your part in this body? And then are you connected to that source? Are you connected to that source? Or do you need a fresh remind, reminder of that source? Maybe you're connected with it, but you've been hurt. Like I've said, maybe someone else has said, oh, you've got that gift. Oh, you're not gifted. Or... It, it's just, I don't know what's happened, but you've just shut down. Or maybe you've walked into a church and gone, I'm so different. I'm an arm 
I'm just going to just watch and attend. This is your chance to say, no, I want to participate. But I need to be connected into that source. I need to be connected into the Holy Spirit. And so I'm going to get us to stand in a moment and then you can just stand and pray or if you want, you can raise your hand and a few of us are going to come around and pray for you to encounter the Holy Spirit afresh. There is no expectation. I'm not asking for anything to happen. You don't have to jump up on the stairs and do a performance. None of, like, you can do what you want. Do you know what's funny? If a, if a spider walked in the room right now, one of you would be the one person that gets up and screams. On the, and one of you would be calling the emergency services. And then you know there's someone else that would come and just bring a jar and pick up the Holy Spirit and walk out. Uh, not the Holy Spirit, the spider, walk out. You know I'm going now. I spoiled it now. Um, go outside and tip it out. Same with the Holy Spirit. We bring so much of ourselves. We're all different. And so... We're going to pray for the Holy Spirit and some of you might feel something, some of you might cry, some of you might do something unexpected and some of you, I guess from majority of this room being pretty conservative, again, some of us just might quietly process it. I'm not pretending it's the first time the Holy Spirit's come to your life, it's just a fresh reminder on Pentecost of the source, of the power of the dynamite. Amen? So it's not a competition, you don't have to do anything, we just want to pray for you and, so, and it's an invitation only. Plug into the source with eager curiosity and with grace. And church, honestly, I, I truly believe this. We could exist as the church, and I think churches do this all the time, we could exist just being Mr. Bookshelf. We've probably got enough natural ability in this room that we could do a lot of good stuff. We could even share Jesus. God will use us no matter what, right? We'll probably be tired. We'll probably burn out. And we'll probably lean on some pretty dark, bad vices because we've got to cover up for what we're putting out, but we're not putting anything back in. I think a lot of churches, please hear me, try not to be too judgy because I think we're in danger of that at times. A lot, I'm in danger of that at times. Just remaining on our natural ability. I can hold stuff. I'm a good shelf, I'll do that. Churches need to plug in in this season never before, I reckon. Fill themselves up with the source, the supernatural, the stuff that can't be explained. And I think we're in a really good position, Burley, from the conversation I have, that people are eager for that. Not for chaos, not for recklessness, order and discernment. We talked about all this last week. If you weren't here, we talked about some values, love and unity, all of that. But with eager curiosity, let's plug into that source. A white hot fire. Early Church of Christ people were described as a white hot fire when they first formed a movement. I'm going to pray. We're going to stand. Matt's going to come up. And then as you feel ready or if you're ready, just put your hand up and we'd love to pray for a fresh renewal of the Holy Spirit. Whether you've got the Holy Spirit for 60, 70, 80 years, it's not, it's not about recommitting your life or the first time, but it is, it can be, but saying, hey, I, just, I need to be plugged into that source, amen? Let me pray and then we'll stand. Actually, let's stand and then I'll pray.
2,000 years ago, God, you had already saved us, but we weren't immobilised. We are sitting in an upper room, small group of broken people who had just encountered a perfect God and your spirit came and it exploded. It wasn't actually even in a church. It was a room, someone's house. And here we are, the other side of the planet 2,000 years ago, meeting like so many across Australia, across the world, on a Sunday morning, giving you our attention and our worship, seeing lives transformed and saved. Lord, I just pray right now that we can encounter that spirit afresh, that you would bring about giftings, not necessarily keeping things cold, but you would bring about, yes, healing. Yes, prophecy. Yes, words of encouragement. Yes, service. That you would make us, that you would build in us, not just through us. So that means more loving, the fruit of the Spirit, more patient, more kind, more generous, more forgiving. Pray right now as your presence is renewed in us now as a collective body, we'd be reminded that we are the church and that you've got a kingdom for us to expand, or kingdom that's yours, you're the king in the kingdom, but that we get to serve, we get to participate with the divine, not some man-made structure, not some man-made corporate entity, not an AI, but a living Holy Spirit. It brought the earth form. Imagine what it can do in us. Come, Holy Spirit. You are welcome to just be silent. You're welcome to put your hands out in a sort of posture that's receptive. And you're welcome to just put your hand up if you'd like us to come and pray for you. Just to say this one more thing in, in my own lesson to try to be quiet. <laughs> I've got a real sense that maybe for you it may not be that complicated, but it's, it's hard, it, it, it's exhaustion that you've been trying to do things without being plugged in. I tell you what, Mr. Boxshelf can't keep anything cold without being plugged in. You can't continue to try to do kingdom work. You can't continue to try to be Jesus without being connected in him daily. And so if it's just exhaustion, I, I, I invite you also. That's, that's okay. That's, we don't want to grow weary in doing good. And so please put your hand up as well. Just that renewed sense of being plugged in. If you're going to give love, you need to receive that somewhere. If you're going to give patience, you need to receive that somewhere. If you're going to give forgiveness, you need to first have been forgiven. So feel free to put your hand up if that's you too.
keep praying, but just another reminder that I reckon 90% of the reason people hold back is because someone has said to them, in a church probably, unfortunately, you can't do that. (laughs) You can't say that. You're not allowed to think that. I'm not talking about sin. We should be doing that. I'm talking about just their own personality, their own way, their own eagerness. Maybe you overstepped and someone in charge in a church said, oh, oh, that's not yours to do. Or maybe you struggle to work in the body and you need to surrender something and it is pride. Just give that, I encourage you to give that away. Will it ever, ever happen again? Probably if you're involved in church, 100% in some form. (laughs) We're broken people. Will God do it? Will God let you down? Absolutely not. And so just let him clear that out and put your trust in him. Again, if you would like us to continue to pray, we're going to sit for a little bit longer. Just put your hand up. We're not on a quota. Or just quietly invite the Holy Spirit afresh into your life, through your life. Let it build something in you. Let it turn on the power (laughs) and let it develop some things that you didn't even think were possible. You didn't even think you were capable of doing. Might be something small like a very talkative person being quiet or might be a complete life change. That's the power of the Holy Spirit.